right. Is it recording? It's recording. It's recording. I, this is this is weird. This is a weird. I do. Uh, okay. Which this part? Is, this episode. This is going to be an odd episode. I think. I don't know what to make. I, I, folks, I'm going to apologize in advance. I don't know what to make of this episode. Um, let's see. What's different? First of all, uh, we decided to do it very spur of the moment. Um, we were scheduled to record tomorrow. Not today. Today is today's 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 not today. Today's not tomorrow. Excuse me. Right. Today's not tomorrow. We were going to record tomorrow. Then we were comparing notes. Um, This is I'm kind of giving our listeners a summary here. We were comparing notes because you're going to get another hurricane tomorrow. All right. And so I thought, oh, is that going to be a problem? And you suggested, why don't we just record today? And I'm going, huh. Well, that's an idea. Okay. Well, who to thunk it? Yeah. So, so the other thing is different is that for the first time in a while, it's just you and me. All right. Yeah. Um, which yeah. kind of is a little bit somber thing. I mean, if, ever yeah. since Dave died, we've been having guests, and the guests are great. I'm having a lot of good, um, you know, having a lot of fun and enjoying talking to the guests. But yeah, we haven't had a chance to just you, be you and me. And um, quite frankly, Jeb, I, I hope I haven't. But I, it crosses my mind that having the guests you get pushed aside a little bit and I don't oh, like that. I, I don't, I don't think that at all. Okay, good. I'm glad because, because afterwards I'm thinking, yeah, cause they have so much fun talking to somebody. Yeah. New. yeah. And, uh, yeah. um, and so, you, you and I can talk offline anytime. Yeah. Right. So, and so we, anyway, we should, we probably should more often anyway. But, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so here we are. It's just the two of us. We're just going to talk. Um, the other thing that's interesting, and, I, and this is kind of inside baseball and Jeb, I don't know if you've actually thought about this. So the, dy- since Dave's been gone, the dynamic is very different. And I, I wasn't until we lost Dave, I guess I wasn't really conscious of this dynamic. And now I really am very, very conscious of it. Which, which and, dynamic? And that is that, that when, when Dave was still with us, the podcast was kind of like a tag team match, okay? Um, it was like me as the referee and you and Dave would tag back and forth to each other. Right? You were the instigator. Well, okay, I'll take that. I take that as a compliment, quite frankly. You're, you're the instigator. You, but you, but the fact got, is that it was... You to get us in trouble. It was, yes. But the point is it was back and forth between the two of you, you know, and and and... And we've had some great guests, but they don't necessarily get that dynamic yet anyways. And so uh, it's just been different. And, and so, so we've been experimenting. Um, I've heard from a few listeners about, you know, this whole new way of doing things, you know, as we kind of experiment with this. And people seem to general. I mean, what do you think, Jeb? Has it been good, the, the guest thing, the I, new well, dynamic? I've, yeah, I, I've always enjoyed uh, having guests on. I've, I've always enjoyed... Um, doing uh obviously the three of us uh, which we can no longer do um all that having been said you know i also enjoy uh, just you and me we've done a couple uh, yeah. in the past uh, just you and me and, and they've come out i i think i thought well okay any anytime um i hear my voice it's good Yes. Well, there's that. I used to feel that way. I've listened to my voice so many times over the last 16 years that it's kind of lost its allure, believe it or not. For someone as big an ego as I have, that's a surprising thing for me to say. Um, This does not surprise me. Yeah, okay. But anyways. Anyway. um, Um, One thing before we do, before we say hi, uh, average pilots have a below average emotional intelligence. Well... This explains so much, if you ask me. Well, this is a story. This is this is from I. I you know, I mean, no disrespect. I does not necessarily. You don't think of this as being an aviation publication. This is the Jerusalem Post um, has a yeah, story headlined yeah. what I just said. Aviation a, aircraft pilots have below average emotional intelligence, according to a study. Um, and uh, what do you think? 
I'm I'm uh, apparently emotionally unqualified to comment. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, uh, because I'm a pilot. So I, now what they mean is because they use the word intelligence, but I don't think that's a good choice of words in this situation because because they're not necessarily talking about smartness. They're talking about emotional capacity um let's see there's a there's a paragraph here that explains a little bit better um i'll read it i'll read it uh the term emotional intelligence refers to one's ability and capacity to understand see and handle emotions yeah Uh, the expression was first coined in the 60s but gained popularity in the 90s kicking off decades of research um this actually makes some sense to me. It, it, it does. It, it actually kind of sort of does. I mean, yeah. when, you, when I think of pilots, I think of them as handsome and dashing and, and intelligent and, and uh, professional. And, and, oh, thanks. Uh, Gee. Yeah. Oh, you're yeah. not talking about me. Okay, go I, ahead. I'm yeah. talking about pilots. Yes, pilots. okay. You're a pilot. I, I'm a pilot. Yeah. Most uh-huh. people listening to us are pilots. Okay. Right. But then, but then what? how do you think of them after that? Um, it depends on whether they're in my way or they're behind me. Oh, I see. In okay. the pattern. Um, yeah. No. Okay. But that's that's a that's a flip. Well, no, no, no. Yeah, I know. But, okay. So, go ahead. Could, no, no, no. You so ask the your uh, the reference. Well, I, I, no, I wasn't going to ask a question. I was going to make an observation, um, which is that that so again, this is the, the the sentence you just read. The term emotional intelligence refers to one's ability and capacity to understand, see, and handle emotion. All right. And that is kind of an interesting definition of an airline pilot because airline pilots are either self-selected or intentionally selected for coolness, right? right. For, right. for 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 calmness under pressure, which right? is kind of, yeah, it was kind of where I was going to go. Yeah, in in a in a very real sense, it strikes me that um, um I don't I'm I'm going to put it this way because I don't really know how to phrase it otherwise, but not having uh, some emotional intelligence is probably not a bad thing for pilots. It, it they, they we want them to be stoic. We want them to not fly off the handle at the slightest uh, 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 agitation. We want them to reason things through um, uh, empirically mm-hmm. as opposed to emotionally. Um, we don't want, um, you know, Lloyd Bridges on the, in the tower in airplane sniffing glue. <laughs> um, well, okay. <laughs> at, least, at least, you know, maybe yeah. in the tower, but uh, not in the cockpit. You're not in the cockpit. There you go. Yeah, so... Okay, so although this headline sounds kind of goofy and and a little bit dismissive, I, it actually makes some sense. I I kind of like it. Um, although on the other hand, so I I've noticed a similar kind of thing over the years with tech friends of I've known ge- ge- computer geeks, quite frankly. Okay, um, I, I, I have I, I, we've been apart for quite some time, but I was very close to a guy for a while. Um, was a roommate for a while and was a fellow uh, Apple employee for a while um, who was a serious computer geek. And one of the things we discovered about him early on was that he had no sense of tact, all right? And by that, I I mean, he didn't understand that you couldn't say anything if it was true. No, he thought somehow instinctively or, or, or whatever that that if you said something that was true, it could not hurt someone's feelings. Okay, um, and as a result, and he, and he was single, I'm sure. Well, not eventually. Eventually, settled down. Has a much nicer family life than I've ever had. But uh, um, 
But yeah, so he would regularly uh, uh, say things that he would say very innocently that were just just you know like hurt. I mean, they weren't hurtful, and he meant to hurt people. But he would just like go stab people in the heart. Uh, you know, he's like, "What well, we we were we were running a computer user group together one time years and years and years and years ago, um, and uh, and and we had all these uh, um, volunteer writers um, submitting articles for the newsletter." And we got one from from somebody who was a very good volunteer, not as a writer, but as doing other things with the group. And and he, he submitted this article that was, and, and a couple of us got together and we read it and we agreed, this is really bad. We just, I don't know what we're going to do about this. We have to fix it somehow, you know, but we need to be under, you know, we don't want to tell the person it's bad because that would hurt their feelings. And the friend who, uh, the, the, the tactless friend uh, who uh, was also a, a leader of this group um, happened to be chatting with that writer person uh, at one point and the writer person asked about the article and then the guy said said yeah well, that was terrible we're gonna not we're not gonna use it all right <laughs> he just thought he just thought that's fine I, it's the truth i'm not hurt you know and uh, he did that over and over again he had no sense of tact he would say anything as long as he felt it and i've noticed many computer geek people and i'm sure in other yeah. geeky areas it's the same thing and that strikes me as this whole emotional intelligence thing the ability to understand so anyways yeah all right. that, i think you're on top target yeah you know. absolutely so um there we go yeah yeah so anyway uh it's official yeah it explains a lot it explains a lot speaking of which welcome folks to uncontrolled airspace the general aviation podcast i'm jack hodgson coming to you from uh from i was gonna say high atop but i haven't been high atop in quite some time but uh well, we uh, should get out more I, yeah, I know. No, I've uh, uh, just beside the raging Cochico River here in Dover, New Hampshire, uh, where fall is fall is definitely taking hold. We got down to twenty seven degrees this morning, um, and uh, although two days ago it was seventy five, go figure. All right, it's just like crazy. It's partly that's New England, partly that's climate change. But anyways, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. The leaves are almost all off the trees, and uh, um, you know. It's fall in New England, post-foliage fall in New England. And I'm here in our virtual hangar with my uh, good friend uh, from somewhere near Sarasota, Florida, Jeb Burnside. Hi, Jeb. How are you doing? Um, been better, been worse. Yeah. Um, um, it's been an interesting year on very many fronts. Uh, Ian, uh, not the least of them, uh, and <laughs> probably not the last, since, yeah. since yeah. Nicole is uh, uh, kind of knocking at the door tonight and tomorrow. Um I don't know. May you live in interesting times. Yeah, I know. It's craziness. It's craziness. We're not going to talk about it, but last night was the uh, midterm elections here in the United States, and that was all kind of an interesting experience that uh, you and I had a nice talk about beforehand. We won't bore our aviation listeners about that kind of stuff, but it's kind of part of the context of our world right now. Um, And then, like you said, you got another hurricane coming. Knock yep. on wood, this one's not going to be anywhere near as bad. Knock as well. on wood, it's just it's um, the forecasts don't make it look that scary. I, I hope. I, I, I yeah, it, we're going to get some rain. I was outside working, uh, piddling around on some things earlier, and wind was picking up, and and the rain kind of drove me in. Uh, it started it started to rain. It didn't rain heavily or anything like that. And I'm looking out the window now, and the trees are not moving, and it's not raining. So you know, you're soaking up my outside time here. But so uh, you know, yeah, we need. You know, no, I'm curious. I'm curious. Sorry about uh, that. Well, yeah, no, no worries. Well, um, I, I take that very seriously because this is also the first. We're only about three days into uh, standard time, which means we've lost an hour of daylight in the afternoon. Uh-huh. So, I'm, you know, so yeah. Um, you're still recovering from the hurricane. I mean, th- are things anything well, like back to normal? And, 
depending on how you define normal. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, I finally have all the repairs done, and the major major part of the cleanup accomplished. And today is we're looking at five weeks out, six weeks out from from uh, Ian coming through. Um, so you know, a it's taking some time. B uh, it's not been cheap. And see, there's still a lot of you know small sticks to pick up, and and uh, some areas I really can't get with get to the lawnmower right now because they're still a little bit wet, mm-hmm. uh, and or just torn up from heavy equipment coming in and and, and uh, uh, used to carry trees out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that's going on is all the tree debris, all the yard debris, all the uh, uh, ruined furnishings, and all this kind of stuff are just stacked by the side of the street waiting to be picked up. Oh. And, and the county is has been lackadaisical is the best word I can I can use um, to uh, describe their alacrity. Um, there's roads around here that stuff, I'm talking, you know, two foot thick tree trunks are stacked right next to the road, right next to the white stripe at the edge of the asphalt. Hmm. Uh, and um, uh, I managed to slap one—not uh, a not a two-foot trunk, tree trunk, but some small branches. Managed to slap with a mirror in one of my cars the other day, just because it was on a narrow street, and I didn't realize that all these branches were sticking out, uh, penetrating the plane, if you will, of the roadway. And right. it's just it's just rampant throughout the county right now. It's it's just uh, it's like a third world country, and I guess in so many ways, Florida is a third world country. Yeah, but right. that's a whole other topic. That's that, a whole you know, other topic. We'll do, yeah. that's we'll for, do the, for our other podcast. That's for the other podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you can't uh, yet taxi to the runway, is what you're telling me. I probably can't. I really haven't tried. I, I've, I've got a couple of parts off the airplane. Yeah, yeah. But, but if you, yeah. but yeah, if you had a taxiable airport, if airplane. I if I had to, I could probably get there. Yeah. Uh, but there's only, um, but I'd have to slow dead slow to navigate some piles of, of trash. Huh. And I haven't even really looked that hard uh, uh, at the side street that take, leads up to the runway. So mm. yeah, okay. Yeah, so it's it's getting a bit tiresome. Uh, now, all of that having been said, my little uh, silly-ass complaint has uh, is nothing yeah. compared to what some of my neighbors have been through and are going through and will continue to go through. And uh, you know, I think about uh, uh, Amy and Barry down in, uh, in Fort Myers. You know, they got hammered pretty. They got hammered a lot harder than I did. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, there's. St- I, I get the impression from Amy that their part of cleaning up and restoration and all that kind of stuff is done, but there's still a lot of other stuff that hasn't been done around the neighborhood or around the city. Uh, I don't know all the details, but, you know, they're still, they being Fort Myers is still cleaning up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we'll see what happens tomorrow. The listeners, the people listening to this already know what happened because this probably uh, certainly will not get posted. Probably be probably two or three, not two, one or two weeks, I hope. Knock on wood. I know I'm bad about this and I don't want to make promises, but I'm almost getting caught up. And uh, But my guess is that people will hear this about a week after, um, what is it, Nicole has passed through your area. Is it Nicole? Yeah. yeah. Nicole. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, well, good luck with that. I think you'll be fine, but uh, good luck with that. Yeah, that's what they all said about uh, Ian, too. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think, yeah, all right. I don't know what to say about Ian, but uh, I'm glad you came through okay. I'm glad Amy, I'm glad all my friends came through okay. Yeah. yeah but, yeah. Uh, and I feel bad for the people who really suffered and struggled with that. What else is going on here? So I've always been impressed, Jeb. I've always been impressed with the length of the flights that you are able to do in your uh, uh, Comanche, in your, in your, uh, don't tell me, debonair. Um, Son, don't make that mistake. I know, right? Sorry. I knew the instant I said it, that was wrong. Debonair. Um, You have uh, debonair with uh, probably relatively large tanks to begin with. Plus you've got those tip tanks. Um, And, uh, um, and so I've seen you come basically all the way home from Oshkosh in one leg. Sure. Um, sure. And, uh, um, and 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 in in addition to fuel, there are other constraints that impress me that you managed to somehow manage that I won't go into on a on our little family podcast. Here. <laughs> but uh, so you, I've always been impressed with the length of the legs that you are are able to fly uh-huh. in your little airplane. But I'm sorry, you've now just faded into the background because it turns out that the bar-tailed godwit uh-huh. um, can can outdo you pretty significantly. This yeah. is a story, I think I think 172 Drew turned me on to this story. Um, this is from, what is it from? The Guardian. The Guardian. Um, bar-tailed godwit, which is a bird, by the way. The bar-tailed godwit sets the world's record with 13,560 kilometer continuous flight from Alaska to Southern Australia. That's... I'm going to say that again. From Alaska to Southern Australia. Continuous. Okay. Yeah. Now, I, and they know this apparently because this is the first time they've had a bird that's been tagged. They have apparently these radio tags or something, I guess, um, satellite tags. Um, and so they now, this particular bird, they were able to track um, and it did not stop. It did not pass over land during this entire trip from Alaska to Australia. Uh, it took 11 days. It flew for 11 days. I mean, it's, I, I, I don't know. Can, can, can bar-tailed godwits, is there anything in this article that, that rules out the possibility that it landed on the water and just kind of floated and took a nap? Um. I, I can't answer that. I, I gotta. According gotta, to one graph here, the five-month-old I wanna, bird. I want to know the average speed. Well, I mean, the, do the math here. I mean, it might be in here. I'm going to read you this one particular graph. The five-month-old bird set off from Alaska on October 13, and satellite data appeared to show it did not stop during its marathon flight, which took 11 days and one hour. So there's your math, 13,000 kilometers, 11 days. Thirteen thousand. So it'd be well if it was if it was ten hours, that would be thirteen hundred and sixty kilometers in a day. What was your question? How how, how far in a day? How fast? How oh, yeah. fast? So you're going to, have to do some speed. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm going to leave, let you do the math. No, I don't want to do math on okay. the podcast. Uh, I was told there would be no math. Yeah, no. Well, there doesn't need to be. So they they track the bird using a five G satellite tag, um, which we'll come back to five G in a little while. Yeah, we'll come uh, back to that. Um, Actually, we should come back to it right now. Yeah. How, there's a five G tower out over the central. Well, I don't. Uh, I'm, I'm just. I'm reading from the article. I don't quite know how that could possibly work. Five G right. satellite. I think. I think they've really meant to say GPS. Yeah, probably. So, uh, but. Uh, 
Yeah. Well, good on this bird. I mean, I, I mean, don't know. I, I, when you wow. got to get home, you got to get home. But, I know. But well, wow. uh, that, that that also kind of sort of begs the question. Yeah. Where is home for this bird? Does he have to go, he or she now have to turn around and go back? Well, probably that's what that's why they, that's how they did it. The satellite tracked the bird flown nonstop from Alaska to Tasmania. Uh, it's the first time they've ever tracked one. Uh, what a trip! I'm reading it. This is from a tweet that's been reproduced in the article. Um, yeah. Okay. It's the um, bar-tailed godwit. And, um, and how do you navigate? Well, that's a whole other question. These, these, how do, how do, how do any of these creatures navigate? Apparently, yeah. they've got a compass in their head. Uh, I'm almost not joking. All right, right. Apparently, you know, I'm trying to. Uh, I, only vaguely related. I'm, I've, I'm, I'm somewhat of a kind of, a, I don't know, fan enthusiast of monarch butterflies. Okay, monarch butterflies winter down someplace like in Mexico, mm-hmm. and then, and then every spring they head north to a variety of places. One of them being a bunch of places up here in, in New England, where they, they, they find the uh, the milkweed which apparently they need this milkweed it's the only plant in the world that they can feed on successfully and so uh, there's places here where they've intentionally grown milkweed so that it would feed the the monarch butterflies monarch butterflies come up here um these now are adult monarch butterflies they come up here they lay their eggs their eggs turned into caterpillars the caterpillars crawl around for a few days and then turn into brand new butterflies and then those butterflies somehow know to and how to fly back to mexico all right i I don't understand this it's magic it's in mother nature mother nature is pretty amazing so yeah, yeah. You know, I uh, yeah. There's a lot that can be said about that. Um, some of it not appropriate for a family podcast. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> but right. um, uh, yeah, I, I, but same thing. I mean, um, how do they navigate? They, you, and I, you, you and I couldn't figure that out without you know thousands of dollars of equipment. Man, I can find my way to the Chinese restaurant. That's about the limit of my uh, my navigation abilities without some sort of device. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyways, um, I should <laughs> listeners. I will we'll give you one other bit of behind the you know, inside baseball or inside podcast production here. Normally, before doing an episode, I spend a little bit of time kind of boiling down. So we got this list, we just throw things onto the list, and then about an hour before we record, I sit down and kind of pre-digest the list and put it into an order and kind of present it to Dave and Jeb, and then we work from that sub-list, right? Because of the special nature of this episode, I did not do that this time. So we're just kind of wading through the uh, the raw list this time. This is- um, and I said 5G. That is suggested to you that we go to which one? One of these other items here. Yeah. Uh, um, 5G may have caused dozens of troubling in-flight avionics failures. Yeah. What's that all about? Well, this is according to Flight Global. Uh, I mean, which is a, it stands to reason. I mean, it caused COVID. So why Sure. It, yeah, uh, exactly. You know, well, no, see, no, they, they did COVID because they had to, because that was really the only real way to get the 5G chips into us. For the the personnel tracking that that the, uh, the oh, world government okay. wants, yeah. see, yeah, see, living in Florida like you do, you're more tuned into these kinds of uh, of uh, conspiracy theory things. I think um, you think it's a conspiracy theory. 
<laughs> okay. You're just trying. I'm sorry. I'm You're sorry. Just, yeah, no, no. Okay. All right. All just right. Give me, give me these, these, these See, straight lines. Unlocked doors, and, and I just walk is, through them. It's what I do. It's what I do. Yes. 5G may have caused dozens of traveling in flight avionics failures. Okay. Seriously. So, what, so seriously. What, what's breaking? Flight Global is a well respected aviation uh, uh, media outlet. Um, and their data comes from. Um, you know, I can't read this whole story because uh, it's blocking me from it. I've read it before. Uh, it's it's a um, deep dive into um, ASRS data, the, the uh, Aviation Safety uh, Reporting System, which is a uh, program um, that NASA runs. Mm-hmm. Um, you've anybody who's um, well, no, I was thinking of, that's, that's NTSB. Um, um, many pilots are aware of the ASRS. Yeah. Uh, and, and they're also aware that uh, filing an ASRS report can be used as kind of a get-out-of-jail-free card. Right. If there's a potential enforcement action being brought, uh, if you write up the incident, the event, and uh, um, do so in such a fashion that it's recorded and, and uh, is not... Um, blatantly being used to excuse yourself from a violation, uh, you can likely get, certainly get away with uh, 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 either no or a much smaller uh, kind of uh, violation activity with, uh, with the enforcement people at FAA. Right. Um, and it's, it's a good thing. It, it, right, because it collects data. If it, collect, it collects a lot of data. There's all kinds of stuff in, in ASRS reports. Um, there's going back before 5G, um, when we were talking, well, we, we the industry was talking and, and debating uh, about using um, cell phones on airplanes or just using personal devices on airplanes, um, whether that's a Part 91 Fliver or a 747 or a 787, um, using, um, let me put it another, um, that kind of electronic interference is always a concern. And there were a lot of people, especially when when cell phones became ubiquitous, well, why can't I use my cell phone on an airplane? Well, because it's going to interfere with the the aircraft's electronics. Well, is there any proof of that? Yeah, there actually is. And and, uh, one source of that proof is in the ASRS reports for that period of time. Or, you know, look up, you know, uh, avionics failure or unknown electronics failure or something like that. And uh, you'll see what I'm talking about. So here we are. Uh, according to Flight Global, they've done some deep dives into ASRS data. And uh, it's pretty clear that uh, um, there's a strong likelihood of 5G interference in a lot of areas. Yeah. Yeah. As you apparently can't see the article right now. I'm looking at it here. Let me read a couple of graphs here. FAA suspects the new 5G cellular networks may have caused roughly 80 instances of aircraft system interference this year with pilots reporting a range of malfunctions since the latest generation of mobile connectivity went live in January. Uh, None of these resulted in safety-related effects, and none affected a direct aircraft control input, such as auto-throttle or speed brake slash spoilers. But the revelation of the reports comes as the aerospace industry has in recent weeks asked the U.S. Federal Communications Commission to require cellular providers 
to take steps to prevent 5G signals from interfering with radio altimeters. It goes on. Yeah, um, I, I can read it all now. I just, I just reloaded it. Yeah. Um, so anyways, well, that's that's interesting because I thought we had kind of resolved this uh, a couple, a few months back. No, well, Sounds no, like no. No, we didn't really resolve it. We kicked the can down the road. Yeah, okay. Um, the uh, 5G carriers agreed temporarily to refrain from putting 5G uh, towers close to the airports. And uh, there was, I don't know, five nautical mile or some, some distance. And I think it's kind of varies from, from airport to airport. The other thing that was done uh, was uh, some airworthiness directives were issued against particularly susceptible equipment. So um, the, uh, the punchline, again, though, is that we've, we've just kind of kicked the can down the road, and yeah. there's no real permanent fix. Yeah. One of the examples, one of the instances here describes, uh, this is apparently quoting from the ARS report, Captain reported navigation systems, mal- systems malfunctions due to suspected 5G interference that led to an altitude overshoot during departure. Uh, distraction resulted in climbing to 10,300 feet before correcting to 10,000 during interme- intermediate level off. Um, the issue may have, I'm still quoting, reading from the quoted which apparently is from the ASRS report. The issue may have been corrupt radio altimeter data in the aircraft sensors, which caused aircraft to think it was still on the ground. So I don't know. Obviously, that's just the pilot, you know, describing the situation. Right. We don't right. really know what happened there. But okay, well, that's interesting then. So I guess I guess we're not done with this whole thing. Okay. Well, that's interesting. What else? There, it's actually that was probably the most serious item on the entire list. By the way, it was kind of a it's a funky list this time. It's any. Um, there's a video of an amphib. Did you see this? this is the top thing on the list. You got to watch this. Yeah, video. yeah, I did see that. That's cool. Um, this amphib, where to go? I thought I just opened it. Okay, so this is a, a video in a Twitter post shows a big amphib. Um, uh, is this one of the? I'm not sure what what make and model this is, um, but apparently it's being photographed from the deck of an aircraft carrier, and it's coming down to land, and it has this incredibly low apparent speed. Right. Um, I think partly because it's flying into a pretty stiff wind, but apparently it also is able to fly at a very low airspeed. That's part of its thing. My observation about this, and people should take a look at this video, uh, is so it, it, if, if you want to call it a, a ground roll, it, it has a very short rollout. I mean, it's going slow enough to begin with, all right? And then when it finally touches the water, it comes to basically a stop very quickly um, because of the you know the drag of the water and all, which actually kind of makes me, though, think... You know, at first you go, oh, wow, this is a real short takeoff and landing. Well, it's short landing. It may not be short takeoff. I really wish they'd show us, show one of these aircraft doing its takeoff because it must take a long time for them to kind of overcome all the drag of this fuselage in the water yeah. and, and to get up on, on step and, and yeah. then finally lift off the water. That said, this is a, uh, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, Shinmaiwa. Um, which is a Japanese manufacturer. It's, it's a um, turbine-powered four-engine flying boat. It's um, Japan has had a history of uh, operating flying boats as part of its maritime oh. uh, um, search and rescue and, and uh, even its military. And this apparently is the newest one um, that, that this company's produced, the newest one that Japan has put into service. 
So is this not an amphib? This is just oh, it is an amphib. It is amphibious. So it has it has retractable gear wheels. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. This is called the US two. Actually, I don't know why they they chose US I'm as, sure their, as their model designation. Yeah, it's probably yeah, yeah. something but, in Japanese. But, but it's yeah. it's a, it's a high tech uh, um, um, four engine maritime amphib. Wow. Uh, maritime patrol amphib. It's a pretty cool. It's big and and it, yeah. I mean and there's a lot of optical illusions going on with the moving water and the when the in the airspeed and all. But it looks like it's going really slow. It's pretty impressive looking. Well, it does have some tricks. I mean, one, um, um, it's, it's, I'm sure the wing is optimized. Um, I saw something about it maybe having um, what, I, what I would call blown um, yeah. flaps or, or blown uh, um, assisted uh, lift assisting sur- sure. surfaces. Now, on my uh, screen, if you scroll down from the video, there's a diagram down lower that I think is describing what you're talking about. Do yes. you see that as well? Well, let me, let me, let me back out because I was on a completely different um, site for this. Um, let, me, let me just open another window, do that. Do that. That's the wrong window. Let's try this. Um, do that. Podcasting is a very high tech endeavor these days. Strolling, yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Thank you. I, I do see that image. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the uh, right the so evidence we want. Yeah. Yeah. They, so it's got all basically of, got a uh, um, all kinds of airflow magic. Yeah. They got too. some. They got they have separate air compressors. Yeah. Uh, aside, aside from the uh, oh, it's not just wing shape. It's, it's actually not just. Active. It's not just. Yeah, it's not just propeller blast. It's not just wing shape. Uh, they apparently have some some uh, air compressors built into the wing that uh, are, can be used to uh, generate additional lift or at least low speed lift. Yeah, and and what's the what's the mission requirement that makes such a low airspeed or ground speed um, useful? Landing on water, I guess maybe the bodies of water are just smaller than okay. All right. No, no, I think it's more a matter of um, touching the water at a low air, low speed, you know, as low as possible speed, yeah. and getting off the water, perhaps more importantly, as uh, as slow as possible speed. As, all right, as slow, as slow well, as speed see, as possible. All the more reason why I want to see a takeoff of this thing. That mm-hmm. might be pretty. Yeah, interesting. I agree. It would be. Um, and probably can find one somehow. Uh, if we did a little be interesting, research. Be interesting to be in a cockpit for that too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes, but it's uh, it's uh, Maz Jovanovich is the uh, Twitter user who uh, posted this. Um, chances are, if you did some sort of DuckDuckGo search for um, Maz Jovanovich US-2, something like that, you'd find it. Well, and, and Maz, um, uh, responding to a question here on, on the Twitter, um, says basically, the aircraft, basically if the aircraft is doing 50 knots, the air over the lifting surfaces is going much faster. Um, and it, that's what that's the whole idea of uh, boundary layer control is mm-hmm. uh, you, you delay the separation that you get um, at or near high angles of attack. Yeah. Um, 
Speaking of, I don't know what the segue is here. Speaking of uh, interesting aircraft, how's that? We're going to try that. Okay. Uh, shout out to our uh, pal, Jonathan Hardwick. Um, who uh, So Jonathan, two summers ago at Oshkosh, uh, uh, was very, very kind in, in, in basically getting me a ride in, in EAA's B-25. Um, the, uh, Ber- what's it called? Berlin, Ober- Berlin Airlift? Berlin? I'm sorry, I don't remember the name of the aircraft. I remember the aircraft very um, But... Uh, very, very cool. Yeah, very, well, very cool a, thing. You know, it's such a shame that in this yeah, day and age we I don't know. have some device. But that's not the point. That's not the story. The story is that uh, Jonathan, um, in addition to being, and by now he maybe is a first do- or pilot on the B. B um, um, Berlin Express. Berlin Express on the B-25. But um, just recently, he completed training to now be uh, be checked out as a pilot of uh, B-24s as well. Wow. Um, and uh, there's some pictures here on uh, on his LinkedIn post of him and a crew standing in front of Diamond Lil, um, who, which I don't know who owns Diamond Lil, not to really matter. But, uh, um, and then, uh, yeah, so... Uh, he he told uh, he actually communicated me with this summer. I missed Oshkosh this summer, as many of us did. Um, and he says, oh, "It's too bad you missed. I was going to get you a B twenty four ride." And chances are, this is related to that. Um, but uh, commemorative Air Force oh, is it? Is it commemorative Air Force? Yeah. Okay. So uh, congratulations to Jonathan. He's doing some cool aviations. He always he, has he been. True. He always has. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, we met Jonathan. He was. Uh, he was. Uh, 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 what was the name of that airplane? Come on, I'm blanking. Um, because it was also his handle too. It was uh... oh, yeah, he, he had a um, he had a Navion. Navion guy, Navion guy. That's what he yeah, called himself. Yeah. Um, he had a Navion um, and uh, um, was pretty active in the Warbird world even back then. This goes back ten years probably, at um, least, and more probably. Yeah. And uh, and he gave us a couple of rides in his Navion back then. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of my desktop pictures on one of my computers here is a shot that I took looking down the uh, the North Forty as we were taking off, climbing out from uh, from Oshkosh. Um, so congratulations to Jonathan. This is very very cool, and he seems to be quite thrilled as he should be. Um, as he should be. Yeah. This, well this, well deserved. Well earned. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, and and definitely something you can brag about. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, we are kind of, believe it or not, reaching the end of our allotted time. It's only been a little while, but that's okay. Yeah, well, yeah, we, we, don't need to, we don't need to bore our listeners. Uh, so we got the, uh, it's going to cost an awful lot of money to build another Antonov 225. That would be nice if they did, but I think they've got other things on their mind right now, the Ukrainians. I kind of, I kind of sort of do too. Um, someone, I mean, it, it, there's a market. They, they had the, flame, the thing flying all over the world all the time. There's a market for that kind of lift capability. Uh, is it worth $500 million? Um, I don't know how much it cost to build it the first time, but it doesn't seem like... Uh, yeah. Um, well, weren't there rumors floating around that there were they had many of the pieces, parts of a second one stashed away someplace? Um, they had an unfinished second one, um, and, and, and this was back when we first heard that the first one was destroyed, which is like almost a year ago now, early in that war. Um, and, uh, and as I, as I said, they seriously have other things on their mind, but, uh, they may already have most of a second, another one already in existence. Yeah. Time will tell. I haven't read this article. Maybe it talks about that, but, uh, yeah, we'll put that in the show notes too. You can take a look at this. Uh, another one of your fellow Florida residents, um, is, uh, is, is, is 
you know, just trying to be clever, right? Just, you know, just trying to, you know, you know, you need to, you need to bring a gun on an airplane with you. Just on an trying to get over you. on the man, you know. You know, I know. So, but he, so he, he concluded that this the way, was a she. Was it a she? Oh, this okay. Is a she, according to this article, yeah, okay, TSA well. officials said a woman, a woman planning tried, to travel to Haiti, which is maybe the first mistake, tried to smuggle the gun inside the dead chicken. Inside a dead chicken. Inside a dead chicken. I don't know why that didn't work. Uh, well, you know, at least it wasn't a live chicken. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. This Never was at, this was at Lauderdale. Um, so you know, strange things happen in in, in uh, Dade Broward counties, Miami Dade and Broward County. Um, Florida woman um, tries I, to bring live chicken onto airliner. That would be the story. I, this right is there. almost an April Fool's quote. Um, the plot. <laughs> okay. I what said, does it say? I, I'll, I'll, let me just read this. I'm going to try to get it straight through it without without stopping. Okay? Yes. Yeah. A, a TSA spokesperson took the opportunity to reach into their bag of Thanksgiving themed puns. As they issued a warning to other travelers looking to safely travel with secure firearms. The plot chickens as we barrel our way closer to Thanksgiving. For us, it's a time to be thankful that our officers are always working around the clock to keep you safe, the spokesperson wrote. We hate to break it to you here, but stuffing a firearm in your holiday bird for travel is just a waste of time. This idea wasn't even half-baked. It was raw, greasy, and obviously unsupervised. <laughs> okay. Well, geez. You know, now, I think, you know, stop the presses. The news here is someone at TSA has a sense of humor. Well, there is that. Yes, I was going to comment on that as well. I, I, I have to tell you, my one of my thoughts is that our, our friend David would have truly appreciated that. Oh, he, he, he would. He would. He would died out on that story for yeah, weeks. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he, he loved the puns, and that would have been, yeah, he oh, yeah. Would have, that yeah. would have been great. Well, all right. Okay, TSA, I don't know what's the story. Florida woman tried to smuggle a gun, or TSA person has sense of humor. Okay. Uh, hey, you know, it's two, two, two mints in one. <laughs> okay. Uh, NASA is, uh, so Artemis Four. So we, this is not a space podcast, but uh, long-time listeners know that we're kind of interested a little bit in a lot of these space things, um, particularly the uh, the uh, the ingenuity on Mars stuff that we, we've been tickled by. Right. Um, but now this Artemis Four, which is like apparently a pretty significant, serious rocket ship, is uh, it's going uh, it's the one that's going to take us back to the moon. Theoretically, yes, that's the plan. Well, theoretically, um, well, yeah, but they haven't managed to even fly it yet, all right? Because they've been struggling. And, and if they, they let, they're leaving it outside as Nicole comes through. Well, this is the this is the thing, right? Yeah. So uh, they were so they 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 had a couple of technical problems when they couldn't launch it about a month ago, and then and then when Ian was on this way in, they decided to take it back inside to the uh, into the vehicle assembly building for safety, and that was probably a good idea. And then they finally decided, okay, now it's time for us to move it back out onto the pad. And no sooner do they get it back out into the pad than this Nicole thing is now threatening and so they've Nicole. apparently done what did I say the, you, Nicole. you said Nicole thing yeah. I'm just like Nicole thing it's called yeah, yeah okay never mind. yeah this Nicole thing Nicole. and uh, so apparently NASA's done the math and they've concluded that it's safe to leave it out there during Nicole which I just okay we'll see um, but uh, um, it was they supposed did, to they did the math on Challenger too yeah well okay yeah um, they uh, they what was I going to say? Oh, they were going to try and launch it. The next window was, I think, next Monday. 
Um, but they've already announced that they're not going to make that window because of the Nicole thing. And so, um, but sometime in the next, you know, soon, they will once again, once this, I get the feeling this is going to be way cool. All right. Well, when it, this, when it finally I mean, flies, this um, is a big rocket ship. This is a big, now, let me, let me make sure I've got this. Um, yeah, the long delayed off, uh, Artemis one is now set to fly no earlier than November 14th. Quote, on an uncrewed venture around the moon. Yeah. I didn't know that we were going back to the moon, or at least close to the moon, so quickly. That's very cool. Yeah, no, that was the plan when they tried to launch it a month or two months ago or whenever it was. Um, It's not simply, so it's apparently going to go... It's not simply going to go around because remember back in the Apollo days, um, even the even the ones that didn't land on the moon, they kind of went and orbited once or twice around the moon yeah. and then came all, back. All of those except Apollo Eight. Apollo Eight was just a slingshot right around the moon and came yeah. right back. Artemis apparently is not simply going to go around the moon. It's going to go out beyond the moon. All right. Um, apparently, Ooh. it's going to be. What's the stat? There's some stat about the the most distant point that a. a, a Earth originated device. I don't know. But this doesn't make sense actually now because the no. Webb telescope. Are you talking about the there. Lagrange point? No, no, no. All I, I, well, I, you know what? I should look it up. And but, but basically, it's going to go way out beyond. The moon. So it's going to go way out beyond the moon. So it's going to get some really. The other thing that's got that's interesting about it is apparently it has sort of little remote um, um, follower spacecraft that it's are going to like launch away from Arte- the Artemis ship as it's traveling so that they're going to get selfies of the Artemis thing in flight. Um, oh, cool. Um, so uh, that that's kind of neat. So the Artemis thing, you know, once they kind of get their act together, I mean, I don't mean that dismissively. This is a hard thing to do when they're working. On it. <laughs> yeah, this is this is um, a hard thing to do. Know, yeah. But they're trying to solve all the problems and get all the ducks in a row. And 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 then when they when they finally do that, this is going to be going to be very exciting. Um, and uh, I was just looking. So now, see, I have my calendar says Artemis launch on the 14th. I think that was originally when they thought the next window was. But then I saw another story just the other day that said that it's been delayed slightly yeah, a couple this, more days. Whatever, yeah, whatever this article says, it was published nine days ago. So, yeah. um, of course, you know, by the time our listeners hear this, um, we'll be, uh, you know, we'll have colonies on the moon. So, yeah, no, no, okay, I'm, that's I'm sorry. not. That was no, cheap. That was no, cheap. That no, was cheap. That was I, cheap. I deserve it. I deserve that it. Was it's cheap. So slow, and uh, you are way too easy on me as it is. So every now and then you get a shot. Uh, no problem. Um, I think that we have reached the end. Of, well, I don't know whether we've reached the end of our allotted time. We've now gone through the entire list. There's nothing else on the list. I don't oh, think. wait a second. There's the there's the airline passenger that sets the toilet and trash can on fire in mid flight. Okay, see, I was going to spare them that one. But, well, uh, you know, um, there's a new advisory circular from the FAA, um, kind of reiterating or reminding pilots about uh, seeing seeing avoid techniques and, and trying to stem some of the the uh, highly visible mid-air collisions we've had this summer. All in favor of avoiding the mid-airs, but isn't see and avoid like practically the first thing they teach you as a pilot? I mean, it's just like... Well, some pilots get complacent. Yeah, okay. See and avoid is important. None of us, of course, have ever gotten complacent. No. 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 Yeah, so... Yeah. Yeah. All kidding aside, is this advisory circular or anything? You, you know, I haven't pawed through it. Check the January issue of Aviation Safety. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, if it's, it's probably, I don't know, hang on a second, I'll just go look at it real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm, I'm thinking it's probably not just a rehash of, uh, of um, let's see, it's dated October 20, um, October 20 of 22. There's a lot of links in here, a lot of resources, um, some discussion um, of um, other mid-air collisions, uh, how they've occurred, um, some some background and, and com- hopefully some refreshers on um, um, how the human eye um, really needs an overhaul. We really need, really, really need to go to the to the uh, release 2.0 version of the human eye because hmm. um, no, it's no, got that... it's got limitations. No, I agree. But are they are are they suggesting things that we can do to to overcome those limitations? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's part of the whole okay. the science of, of that. You know how how do you uh, how you have to understand those limitations, and then you have to take steps to minimize them. Mm-hmm. Um, so you improve the eye's performance, your your visual performance. Okay. Um, there's there's a lot of a lot of stuff in here. You know, even you know getting into. Uh, um, whether we know about notams, whether we know about all the weather conditions that we can expect. Um, obviously, non-towered airports is, is a big uh, uh, part of collision avoidance. One of these uh, um, recent mid-airs took place at a towered airport. Another one took place at a non-towered airport. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's all of that kind of thing. Um, you know, what it... You know, there's also some discussion um, in here about um, various scenarios, uh, approaching head-on, overtaking during cruise, intersecting, you know, at an angle, things like that. One of the things that um, we don't see quite as much of anymore is, uh, although it can still be a thing, don't let me minimize it, uh, is the... uh, the in-route collisions over VORs. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's, that's one of the reasons we have, you know, the staggered um, altitude. Uh, you fly westbound, um, you want to go, yeah, you fly westbound, you want to be at an even altitude. You fly uh, eastbound, you want to be at an at a odd altitude. Plus 500, right? Plus, but, well. VFR. Yeah, pl- plus 500 VFR. Yeah. Um, and one of the reasons for that is it's, um, uh, obviously, for the main reason, I guess, of course, is is collision avoidance. But it worked especially well over VORs when two airplanes happen to be over the same VOR heading, you know, ho- hopefully different directions. Um, they would be at different altitudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the circular right now, um, or at least skimming it. And uh, I, I, my question, I guess, was, and I think I are advisory circulars targeted at everyday pilots like me or are they targeted more at like cfis and you know kind of aviation leaders some are um yeah advisory circulars uh are numbered uh and the first number um is uh could be a 60 or it could be a, a 90 or it could be a okay yeah. 120 or 135 or something like that oh i see where you're going with this go ahead yeah, yeah. The, the the first number um tells us what section of the fars it's most pertinent to uh, yeah. so an ac that begins 60 or 61 something like that is about flight training is about certain pilot certification 
I confess I never knew that. That's really very interesting yeah. and very useful, actually. Yeah. And I, in the 91s or 90s, whatever they are, this is a 90, yeah. uh, applies to all operations, not just uh, um, uh, commercial or non-commercial operations, all operations. Because Part 91 is the basic operating rules. You get into a 121 AC, you're talking about scheduled airline service. A 135 AC, 141 AC, uh, you're talking about uh, training in 141, in the case of 141, and 135 uh, on-demand uh, operations um, in the case of such an AC there. Yeah. So okay. you, not not only are we entertaining, but you actually might learn something by <laughs> well, listening to the Uncontrolled Airspace podcast. Yeah. Well, that's okay. I guess it can happen. I guess it it's rare. Happen. I'm not saying it happens all the time. 16 years, you know. It's got hey, to, uh, okay. Well, yeah. Anything's possible, I guess. Anything at all under the sun. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Is that it? Anything else there? Are we uh, fork time? What do we got here? Um, oh, it's it's always fork time. It's always fork time. All right. Well, thank you, Jeb. I appreciate it. I, I want to meet this bartail god twit godwit though. It's a bird. I get, look it up in the book I gave you. I, I, I you know I just like to get up close and personal. You know, kind of. I soak bet. up some of its knowledge and experience. Assuming it's an East Coast thing, I bet that if you go out to what's the name of the uh, the shoreline there out by uh, Sunset Grill? No, Sunset. Uh, uh, it's got a fun name, right? The beach there, out near where where. Uh, <laughs> come on, help me out here. Oh, you're, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to let you dig this hole as deep no, as you can. Oh, okay, all right. What's, which called- beach? You're talking about near me. Yeah, out there, uh, just south of Sarasota. There's that long. Um, um, you know, a beach that's along the, uh, the keys, <laughs> the keys, something, something, sunset keys. Uh, oh, Siesta keys. Siesta keys. Thank you yeah, very much. That's one of the barrier islands. here. Yeah. The yeah. barrier islands. Okay. Siesta keys. Uh, assuming, assuming these particular godwits are an East coast bird. Yeah. I can't imagine you wouldn't see one out there. Get your binoculars, get your little, uh, little, uh, nature guide there. It's a shame. It. I don't have a, uh, an Audubon guide to East that's coast what I'm birds. Saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Grab that book go out there spend the afternoon i bet you find yourself a godwit as well as some other interesting flying creatures so there you go that's all i have to say on the subject i I will i will take this under advisement okay all right well anyways uh all right well this kind of worked out i think um this is uh this is interesting uh just you and me talking and uh you know um time will tell what people think but uh but anyways all right well, thank you, Jeff. It's been fun. It's, it's always a pleasure. It's been fun. Um, in addition to not preparing any sort of boiled down version of the list, I do not have the little script thing in front of me. So I'm just going to say uh, thanks, Jeb. Jeb's a cool guy. He uh, he uh, owns an airplane. He owns a whole bunch of motorcycles. He owns more cars than I think I currently owns. Right now, more cars than I think I've ever owned grand total in my entire life. Um, that's my friend Jeb. Um, and... Uh, my, my reputation precedes me. Yeah, and he uh, and he's uh, um, he's the editor of a cool magazine about aviation safety, and uh, he's Co- coincidentally on, titled aviation aviation safety. safety, which you can also find on Twitter, and you can find him on Twitter somehow, some way, assuming Twitter still exists by the time this episode comes out, because crazy things are happening there too, um, and. Uh, um, it's a mixed up, muddled up, shook up world. It sure is. It sure is. And I'm Jack. Uh, I'm, uh, I do digital media sometimes. Takes me a while sometimes, but but uh, basically I try and keep it going. And uh, um, uh, 
what else? That's about it. That's probably all. Um, I'm also on Twitter. Um, I, by the way, all I don't know if I'm kidding or not, but the, the so I have created a alternate identity for myself on on Mastodon. All right, which is the. Uh, some people are considering to be the uh, Twitter alternate if in the event that Twitter kind of goes down in flames. Um, if anybody cares to find me on Mastodon, it's Jack Hodgson at Mastodon.social is where I am. Um, and Jeb, I don't believe you're on Mastodon yet, so I, I won't try and... No, I'm not on Mastodon at this yeah, okay. time. Okay. Um, and uh, let's see now. I think, uh, what else should I tell people about? That's all. That's all. If you can find me online as Jack Hodgson, all kinds of different places. Um, thanks, everybody. We appreciate it. I hope, please, please cut us a break for this one. It was a little casual, a little bit uh, 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 off the cuff. Um, if you like what we're doing here, um, we would love for you to help us out with uh, some support through patreon.com. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash uncontrolled airspace um, and help us out there or just send us something through the PayPal tip jar. Um, you you can send stuff to the PayPal tip jar or just send us some email and let us know what you think by sending it to podcast at uncontrolledairspace.com. And uh, I think that's about it for now. Um, that's, that's more than enough talking. Uh, let's go flying. And remember, good judgment comes from experience. Unfortunately, the experience usually comes from bad judgment.